Thank y'all so much. Um, I don't know about y'all, but at the end of uh, the last song, um, uh, whenever they get to the last line, the last slide there, and they say, Oh, night divine. When, you say, when I sing that, I sound like a cat and like about to get attacked or something. I don't know. They do a great job of it. I, I, I sound like a cat just howling over there, but uh, I love those songs, love Christmas songs. Um, uh, I've got a new love for them this year as I've studied Advent a little more and just excited about that and excited about just this time of the year and what God is doing again and through all, us as a church, but us also us as individuals. This morning, uh, I want to continue to look through our Advent series, but I wanted to begin with just kind of uh, catching up a little bit for where we've been this month, uh, starting the last week of November. We've, we're doing this Advent, and Advent really is this uh, four Sundays before Christmas, and then uh, the last Sunday or the last time for our sake is going to be the Wednesday night before. It's when you celebrate the last day, which is the birth of Christ. Uh, the actual birth and, and what that means for us today. Um, but this morning, uh, as we catch up on it, uh, we've looked at three things so far. It's the hope, the joy, and the love, the indestructible hope, indestructible joy, and indestructible love that we find in the birth of Christ. Uh, and this morning, we're going to look at the indestructible peace that we find in that. Um, and it's going to be a little different than, than um, most Sundays. I'm going to explain uh, explain it in a different way and then use uh, an example that I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It's going to be boring, and I'm sorry, but it won't last long. Um, but we're going to look at this in just a minute. But what I want us to understand is that when we look at peace in the Advent series, an Advent time of the year, that we have to understand um, where our peace is from, but also where do we have in peace from, if that makes sense. That where do we find our peace, but also what are we having peace from? And this morning I want to look at that and I want to look at those concepts as we look at um, 1 Corinthians 15. If you've got your Bibles with you, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to be in verses 45 through 49. Uh, and you can stay there because we're going to, uh, after we read this one, we're going to come back to 15 later on. Um, but we're going to look at Genesis and Matthew and uh, Luke in between. But Genesis, I mean, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 45 through 49. And as you turn there, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we come now and we thank you for this day, God. And we thank you for just this time of the year. We thank you for the, the birth of our Lord and Savior. We thank you for what that means to us. We thank you for the hope that it brings, God, that no matter what's going on, we have hope and salvation, but also hope of your second coming, God. And we thank you for the joy that we can find in, in you, God, that no matter what's going on, no matter the difficulties, the hard times, that we know that there's going to be a day where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, God. And we thank you for the love that was found in a manger 2,000 years ago, God, that you loved us that much that, that from the beginning of time you set your son apart for our name's sake. And this morning we thank you for the peace that we find, God, that when we were represented by sin and by flesh, that you sent a second representative to save us. And we thank you for him. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for his birth. And God, I pray this morning that when we 
getting ready to leave here today, God, that you change hearts, you change minds. And God, when we leave here, we're delivering gifts that only you can deliver. In your son's holy name, amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, 45 through 49 says this. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being that the last Adam became a living, a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. Then the first man was from earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. And was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as the man of heaven is also those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born an image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, in these verses, it's kind of a different concept that we, we don't hear about a lot. And when we read 1 Corinthians, we kind of skip over this concept a little bit. Um, but what he's presenting is that there's these two atoms. And I want to just put it in our terms. We have two representatives. Uh, we have the two representatives we find in Scripture. The first one is Adam, and the second one is Christ. Uh, and, and to explain this idea and to really uh, drive it home, I wanted to look at this boring example, but it's the best one I could think of, is our state representatives. Uh, Y'all know much about that? I did not, and I still don't. But I do know that we have 105 Alabama state representatives, and what happens is we, we vote on those, right? And they come from a different areas all over Alabama, and then they go to the state uh, level, and they represent the people uh, when they vote bills and make decisions for the state and whatnot. All right, that's about all I know. But what I do know is that these people are selected to represent the people of Alabama. All right, so, uh, but that doesn't mean that we always enjoy them, right? That doesn't mean that we always get the one we want. And I have no idea who our representatives are. So if you know them personally, this is nothing towards them. But the funny thing is, regardless of who our representatives is, if we want them to be or not, that's who they are. They represent Alabama. If we want them to or not, or if we do, it's just how it is that we have these people that go to the state level, they vote on bills, they make decisions, and they represent us as Alabamians. And what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that it's the same thing for us in, in, in life, is that we have two representatives. We have the representative Adam, and we have the representative Christ, and we're going to look at both of them as individuals in a minute. But to put simple is that the representative Adam, he came from the dust, but he was this representative of sin. He brought sin to the world. And we're going to look at that story, but we have the representative of Christ. And this represent brought life and life giving of holiness. And so we have this picture of two people that represents all humanity. If we want them to or not, that's what we have. And I think about Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if you don't want Adam to represent you or, or not, he does. And it doesn't make sense why one man made a decision for all people, but he did. And so what we see, though, is the two Adams. The two representatives we have is found in, I'm going to look in Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. It says this, Then the Lord God said, Behold, man has become like one of us, in knowing good and evil. Now let's reach out his hand, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat, 
and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work in the garden which he has taken. And then verse 24, the first part of it says, he drove out the man. What we see in this first this first picture of Adam is that Adam and Eve, they, they walked with God. They spent God, time with God one-on-one in the Garden of Eden. And we know this story like the back of our hand. Uh, and in children's book, we see this picture of an apple. But we see this idea that Adam and Eve, they sinned, right? They ate of the fruit. Uh, and that's the one thing that God told them not to, was not to eat of that tree. And they did it anyhow. And so when they did, they brought forth sin and death. And this isn't just for them. This was for all humanity. This is the first representative is Adam. And, and when Adam sinned, we have all, he brought sin into the world. So when we were born, we were born into sin. And this is what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 15. is because of our first representative, because of who Adam is, we are all sinful and fallen from God and are separated from him. And this story is a very sad story because we have a God and creator that created Adam and Eve and uh, you even get this picture of how God created Adam and it was, it was a loving relationship and then they sinned and God drove them away because he had to separate himself from sin. It's just who God is because he is perfect and he is holy and he is greater than we could ever imagine and so he had to separate himself from him. But this is the first representative we have is Adam. And because of Adam, we have sin. Not only did Adam sin, but we sin. And because of Adam, we also have death. And we have this separation from God in a, in a, in a physical way, but also in an eternal way. That one day, if we stay under this first representative, if, if we never come to Christ and salvation, then we would be separated from God forever. Because God can't live with sin. But thank God what we see is that we have a second representative. And that's what I want to look at in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38 is this moment where uh, the angels come to Mary for the first time. And really it's this first picture of this second representative we see in Scripture. It's this first picture of the, the peace that we have in Christ. Chapter 1 verse 26 says this, in the, sixth month of the, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greetings this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor in God. And behold, you will, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be a great and will be called the Son of the Most High and of the Lord God will give him the throne of, the, of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this, this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. The angel departed from her. 
I want us to really think about the background and I want us to put ourselves in, in Mary's shoes for a minute. Uh, Mary would have been about 15, 16 years old at the time. Uh, maybe a little bit younger than that possibly and maybe a little older, but really about that 15, 16 is what most people think. Um, and so Mary uh, is betrothed, which means she was engaged to, to Joseph. Uh, and this angel appears to her. Appears to her. Uh, I want to just start out there, as we've talked about throughout this series, is that the time before this was a 400-year span where God had not spoken to anybody at all. And so Mary is visited by this angel of the Lord, and, and he, he comes to her, and he tells her she's about to have a son. And Mary is a pretty smart person. She says, I'm a virgin, so how is this possible? Uh, and the angel responds and says that, that, this, that God will uh, provide a son through the Holy Spirit. And, and what we see in that is verse... Uh, 30, and the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with the Lord. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. What we see is that, that, that God, the angel told Mary that he was going to provide his son through the Holy Spirit. And that's what he was talking about in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, is that the first representative, Adam, was born of, of the dust. He was man. He was, uh, he was completely man. But the second Adam, the second representative we have, which is Christ, was going to be from God and from heaven. And that's what we see who God is and who Jesus is, is, is God himself in human form. And he told uh, Mary, he says this amazing thing in verse um, 32. He says, he will be uh, great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The, the, the angel is telling uh, Mary right here that she's going to bore a son, and he's going to be named Jesus. And not only is this son going to do that, but he's going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords that is going to have a reign on a, a throne that will last forever. And this morning, really, to, to simplify and just to get my point across, I guess, is that what we see in 1 Corinthians and when we look at Genesis and when we look at Luke, we see these two representatives. We see Adam and we see Jesus. Adam is this representative that brought death and sin and, and separation from God forever. But over 2,000 years ago, there was this baby boy that was promised to marry the virgin that would be born in, in Bethlehem in the manger that this this baby would be the one that would be the second representative. That would bring this peace to all humanity was this baby boy that we celebrate today. Because of him we have peace. Because of the second representative, we no longer live in the fear and, and the lack of hope of the first representative. See, with Adam and with sin, we have no hope. We have no joy, we have no peace, we have no love. But in Christ, we have all of those things. In Christ, we have a hope that will last forever. We have a joy that will last forever. We have a peace that, that, that goes beyond sin and goes beyond death. But we have a peace that will last forever. Then in 1 Corinthians 15, to finish the, the chapter, is 50 through 58. It says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does this perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. 
We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and will, shall be changed. For the perishable body must be imperishable and this mortal body must be immortal. When the perishable puts the imperishable and the mortal puts the immortal, then shall come past saying that it is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, saying, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is Paul. He's ending the chapter here. And he, he, he really starts by explaining that, that not all will die in the all will come to an end. And he's really just saying that Christ is going to return one day and that for us to be with him forever, that we have to be holding on to the imperishable things. We have to be holding on to Christ and Christ alone and not our first representative, Adam. But as Paul was writing this letter, you could see that in a moment he was getting excited. Uh, and um, for y'all that have a little bit of a background in this and for me that don't, he was getting a little Pentecostal with it, Okay. He was getting excited about what he was saying in verse 54 through 57. He, he, well, I'm going to read 55. He says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was getting excited about this. He was, he was rejoicing in Christ. He was holding on to the peace that is found in Jesus. See, in this chapter overall, what Paul is talking about is that we have these two representatives. We have Adam and we have Jesus. And because of Adam, we have sin and death and separation. But because of Jesus, we have saving faith. That we have forgiveness and we have sacrifice that will last forever. And because of that, we have a peace that will last forever. And that's what he's talking about is this peace that we find this time of the year in a manger is this peace of Christ. This peace of salvation. This peace that even though in Adam we we're sinful and fallen and separated from God that we can have a second representative today that will bring us back to the Father. As I get ready to end this morning I want to Sum it up a little bit. We've got these two representatives. We have Adam and we have Jesus. Because of Adam we have sin. We have death. But because of Jesus. We have verse 54 of Acts of 1 Corinthians 15. It says when the perishable puts on the imperishable. And the mortal puts on the immortal. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Because of Christ, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is not victory no more, and death has no more sting. But God has won the battle, and He has won it for us. He has brought us a peace that will last forever because we have it in Christ and Christ alone. This morning, the question that stands, though, is which one of these two is representing you? As I started off, is that even if you want Him to or not, Adam is your representative until you come to Christ. That sin and death, that is where you're at until Christ has forgiven you and saved you. So this morning, the question that stands is, is Adam your representative? Have you come to Christ in salvation or is Christ your representative?
If you've come to Christ in salvation, then I encourage you to live out verse 58. He says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and durable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This morning, if you're here and you haven't come to Christ and you haven't, Adam is still your representative and the Spirit is calling you, I pray that you answer but also if you're here and, and that, that you've come to Christ, you've been saved, and you, you, you've come to the knowledge of who He is, then we have something to do. We have a task before us. I'm going to talk about that when we end. But this morning as we get ready to light these candles, this first candle is the pink one, um, and I'm going to explain them all again. The first week that we did Advent, we lit, lit the pink candle, and this pink candle was the hope of the prophecy, the hope that we have in Christ. Not only the hope of salvation that we have in Him, but also the hope of the second coming. That no matter what's going on, no matter the difficulties, no matter uh, the, the pain, the sorrow, the suffering, we have a hope in His second coming. Then the second candle here is the candle of joy. That in this Christmas time, as we find ourselves uh, longing to be with our lost loved ones and we find ourselves in moments that just seem impossible, that we have a joy in Christ that will last forever, that one day there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering. Then last week we looked at the love that we find in a manger. We look at the love that, that not only that God loved us so much that He sent His only Son that, that none of us would have done the same, but that from the beginning of time He desired to do that. And this, this morning we have the candle of hope of peace. That we have a peace that even though our first representative, Adam, brought sin to all nations, brought sin to all of us, that we have the, the peace of the second representative, which is Christ. That over 2,000 years ago, He came and He became the sacrifice for us. As I light these candles, I want to, well, I want to look at the peace one last time. As we look at this Christmas time of the year, what we see is that Christ has come. And though the first representative, Adam, has brought sin and death and sorrow, Christ has came and He's brought a gift that, that outgives anything we could ever receive. He brought a gift that would last forever and that's eternal life. And this morning, if you're here and you've never really accepted that, then I pray that you do, but if you're here and like many of us and you've come to Christ and you've been saved, we have this hope, this joy, this love, and this peace in our life. Then Christ is encouraging us and calling us to go and share this gift with somebody. Go and share this gift that is indestructible. See, the verse that we started off with is Sean and Michelle and Sarah comes. The verse that kind of started this series is Romans 8, 38-39. It says, For I am not sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The last little part of this says, from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
See, as we celebrate Advent, we had a Savior that came in the form of a baby, and He's provided these indestructible things, indestructible love, joy, hope, peace. And this morning, as we get ready to sing this last song, my prayer is that we hold on to this this year. We hold on to these indestructible things because they will last forever in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we come now. We glorify you. We praise you and we thank you this morning for providing your son for us. As we were sinful and broken, as we rejected you and turned our back from you, as we rebelled and we sinned, God, we thank you for the sacrifice that you've given us, God. And no, we're not even looking at the death yet, God. We're looking at the sacrifice that you made by stepping down in a broken world and being a baby, God. We thank you for that, God. We praise you for that. And we just pray this morning that as we hold on to this hope and this joy and this love and this peace, God, that you bring a comfort in this season that only you can bring. But not only that, God, but you bring, you bring this, this desire to share these same things with the people around us. That we share our hope, we share our joy, we share the love of a baby God, and we share the peace that we have with the people around us. We love you, we praise you, and we glorify you. In your son's holy name, amen. If you would, let's stand and worship God together.